Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about TV, movies, comics, and all things geek. We're talking all things Spider-Man. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. This is Tommy Smith-Rains. And I'm Clifton. So this month saw the release of Amazing Fantasy number 15, uh, the comic book debut of one of the greatest of all time, The Amazing Spider-Man, 60 years ago. Um, we think it's been kind of <laughs> it's been kind of like up in the air. Like, do we do this episode in June or August? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Marvel right? seems to be doing stuff in both. They're covering all their bases, so we'll just mm-hmm. pick something. I did see a lot of artists on Twitter, kind of like like singling out like June, like like yeah. this is the day. This is the day that like Amazing Fantasy came out. So, right. okay. um, that's 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 I think what kind of uh, uh steered me to kind of push for it to do it here mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, but yeah, so, you know, we'll start this the same way we start a lot of these these kind of a uh, uh, character spotlight. Uh, so which is what's our Spider-Man origin story? Well, I had a similar experience to what uh, Clifton had in which my first interpretation of the uh, character came with Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And mm-hmm. from that vehicle forward, um, I played him in video games, specifically um, an old Atari 2600 game in which you had to fight the Green Goblin on top of a skyscraper, which <laughs> yeah. if you see it now, you yeah, it's it's a horrible game, but um, you sort of get the gist of what he is. It's like it's like a red square fighting a green square, kind of. Yes, and where and like people can somewhat come out of windows and cut your web line because that's the only way you got up was just I guess yes. swinging up literally. You Welcome couldn't to New York. Them. You just had to avoid them. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. And the building was terribly high, but it, at the time it was exciting because, you know, it was Spider-Man. Yeah. I enjoyed the sport. The commercial for it's great, but the game itself was terrible. Yeah, it was when Activision, you know, the, the board game maker made video games. You know, that's mm-hmm. how old it is. But I enjoyed it. Mm. Oh, yeah, and it had the box art. The box art was fun. Yeah, but yeah, you could. Yeah, it was. Fun. The, but you could. The thing about it, remember, Tommy, was you could not crawl in the building itself. Yeah, you couldn't stick to the building, which is insane. <laughs> oh, you would just swing. Uh, up. You would constantly swing. Memories yeah. are vaguely yeah. coming back to me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep on you swinging. Could perpetually otherwise. swing as long as yeah. no one tried to cut your line, which makes right. no sense. You know, yeah. <laughs> but 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 don't come across somebody in a window because they could cut your line and you'd fall to your doom unless you threw out another line to save yourself. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And then you'd constantly yeah, run out of web was, fluid. Was, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause yeah, yeah. There was a bar for that too, which is insane. But yeah, that was, that was Spider-Man on the Atari 2600. Terrible. Okay. Yeah, that dates me. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> it was awful. It was probably better than E.T. though. So it has that going for it. <laughs> it does have that going for it. Yeah. God awful <laughs> game. But no, I remember it. Uh, it took us hours to to beat him, or should I say weeks, because that's how long it took us past the first board. But it it, it opened <laughs> up my world to what would become Peter Parker and any and many right. other incarnations of video games. So it was interesting, very interesting. Okay, PlayStation one's much better though, right? Oh, it leaps and bounds. Oh my god, my <laughs> yes. god, you could. Uh, it's it's hard to even make a connecting tissue other than the name itself. If I showed you, the game. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. you wouldn't want to play that on a uh, on a smartphone. That's how bad it was. No. <laughs> yeah, but I, I heard I heard uh, Spider Man and his amazing friends in there somewhere. Yes, yes. So that was that was yes. your first. Yes. Okay. So yeah, one so so, so one vote for Spider Man and his amazing friends. Yes. Yes. Anyone else? 
like Tommy said, like I always say it was Spider-Man is amazing friends. If I'm being honest, it was possibly electric company. <laughs> oh, it was, probably, it was okay. possibly, yeah. it was possibly electric company, like at a, okay. a babysitter or nursery school or, or something, you know, back when it was on and, and they did the live action Spider-Man segments as part of electric company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Morgan Freeman was in those. If you go yes. back and find any of the clips, because Morgan Freeman was on Electric Company. And Rita Moreno. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't yeah. remember her that she was part of it. She was part of it too. But yeah, you can find uh, Morgan Freeman yelling at Spider-Man on a baseball field dressed as an umpire <laughs> in one of the clips I, I came across again recently. Yes. So that's probably where I first saw Spider-Man. And then... One of my other early, early memories is my first Spider-Man comic book was a free giveaway comic book that was sponsored by AIM Toothpaste (laughs) that I got at either my dentist or the grocery store when I was way, way young. It's probably the first comic book I ever owned ever of any comic book. And then right around the same time was Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And that's certainly where I fell in love with the character because that's the one I would watch religiously and and introduce me to you know, everything Spider-Man and so many other pieces of the Marvel universe that, uh, that I came to enjoy a lot. Mm. So those are mine. Okay. Very, very cool. Frank, what's yours? Uh, I mean, mine was, can probably be, um, I'd have to say electric company for sure. Cause I remember the theme of like, nobody knows who you are. <laughs> that was how it ended like Spider-Man. And then yeah. Spider-Man was oddly quiet. Yeah, there was no there was no voice actor for him. Like it was just right. a guy in the suit, and, he, and it was it was oddly creepy because you know the way the way the person moved was you know fairly spiderish. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember that, and then um, I was probably I don't know probably four or five, and there was Spider Man vitamins. <laughs> okay, were, were out at the time, and where we lived. Um, my parents were like, hey, do you want to go meet Spider-Man? And I said, sure. And there was a guy dressed as Spider-Man. And there's an old Polaroid of me. And it's my first official team up because it's the first time I meet Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, guy had a full costume, looked <laughs> great, you know. Um, but that probably liked your company. And then my like, if, I, if I'm thinking of my first comic, my first comic was right around the time of the Clone Saga. Like the original one, the one with the jackal and Professor uh-huh. and, and 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 spoiler Professor Miles Warren and then the Gwen clone and then all that stuff. So, um, kind of heady stuff for like a five or six year old. Just saying, mm-hmm. but <laughs> that was the one that I, I I remember of like being like one of the very first ones I ever got. And then from that point on, I've always you know enjoyed Spider Man. But yeah, it's got to be a combination of the Electric Company and the Vitamins okay. for me. Did the Spider-Man you met just like give you pills? Was that what he was doing? Was he containing like vitamins? <laughs> yes. Right, no, I okay. mean it was like yeah, I mean it was like you know Flintstones chewables type Spider-Man vitamins, right, and then yeah, and then like a display, and then there was a guy that you know some some college kid probably in a, in a Spider-Man right. co- or you know or the son of the guy that owned the the, the local drugstore because it wasn't like CVS or <laughs> right. People's Drug or anything yeah, like yeah. that stuff. It was you know. So yeah, it was it was it was Spider Man, and I think I'm even wearing like a Spider Man shirt in the the Polaroid. So okay, yeah. And those vitamins did not give you spider powers. <laughs> no, unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't right. get spider powers. Oh. That, that yeah, <laughs> just zinc. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> just strong bones. Just your daily dose of <laughs> potassium. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Just strong bones as a result. But that's about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, mine's kind of boring. I, you know, I, I knew of the character, obviously, having, you know, a lot of comic collectors in my family and stuff like that. So, you know, my brother, uh, Spider-Man was his favorite. My cousins were big Spider-Man fans. So, like, I, you know, had the Secret Wars toys, like, through hand-me-downs and stuff. So, like, I knew the character and, like, pieces about him, you know, I knew, I knew he sh- shot webs out of his wrists and he swung and, and climbed on walls and stuff like that. But as far as like getting the world, um, it was Spider-Man, the animated series. So actually kind of late. So I was, you know, I was way into Batman and and X-Men and stuff like that, like way before I got into Spider-Man and knew and knew the world. So that was kind of, uh, you know, my big introduction to everything Peter Parker and kind of like Spider-Man and his amazing friends, but to a lesser extent. I mean, they did do a lot of guest stars in there. So that was also how I was introduced to you know, Dr. Strange and Morbius, and, you know, Nick Fury, stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the thing for me is like at that time, Spider-Man comics, uh, uh, not really the best, <laughs> <laughs> certainly not the most, uh, most easily accessible to, to, to a young kid with, with, you know, weirdly, like you were saying, uh, Frank, the clone saga, although this is the nineties, Clone Saga when it got like way, way, way out of hand. Maximum cloning, <laughs> right? The more infamous right. yeah. Clone Saga, right? So, you know, even at the time, then I mean, like, like there was, there was nothing going on in the comics really that that had me interested at all. I mean, um, except Untold Tales, Untold Tales of Spider Man, which was you know mm-hmm. at the time was like a ninety nine cent cover price book, yep. which was book. you know written by Kurt Busiek, right? And it was sort of like, like took place in between classic issues of Spider-Man. Right. Basically, it was like, it was like uh, the first, I don't know, 12 or 13, like the first year, like all the Stanley Steve Ditko stuff. But this one was, like you said, Kurt Busiek and Pat Olive, uh for the most part. I think Mike Allred did one of the annuals mm. or one of the specials or King Size specials they did. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it's a fantastic Spider-Man book, but it's it basically um, filled out the cast a little more. Um, you know, kids that were in the background of, of, you know, of Amazing Spider-Man and then just basically gave you, like I said, untold tales, had him teaming up with other characters that he hadn't met yet. Um, as far as I know, it doesn't really violate any continuity. Um, mm. Introduces some new villains, some stuff I think that some people have played around with, but not a lot of people have. But yeah, 99 cents in a time when comics were not 99 cents. It was well <laughs> worth it. So, yeah. Yeah, nobody wanted to listen. I remember, like, my brother was like recommending that to everybody <laughs> when he was like working at the store, and it, it was just like. But at the time, for whatever reason, it was it was just like, like you couldn't get people, yeah. <laughs> like especially especially like if you were thirteen, like there's mm-hmm. no way there was no way they were they were interested in 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 that, um, which is a shame. It's a shame. It's kind. It's kind of a, a an underrated classic. I think it, you know it's not one of those that's pra- that's uh, that's traded uh kept in constant print you know always in it and and you know maybe it should mm-hmm. <laughs> just throw yeah, that out there no it's definitely one of those that i, that I think you know deserves more of a, a wide audience and it doesn't like when they you know when there's those lists of like great spider-man stories that book for whatever reason doesn't get mentioned so mm. but it should yeah for sure so um so what is it about the character like, like what, what um what did you guys all fall in love with early on like I, I, there's something about what I was when I was saying like one of the greatest ever like like just, 
there's something about the character I think that it just like you know, you know I mean clearly obviously uh you know indisputably popular <laughs> right and apparently like indisputably popular among multiple generations who seem to all have like different introductions right. to the character you know mm-hmm. I don't know there's there's a kind of magic to it. And not to get into spoilers from our March Madness, but uh, Spider-Man did pretty well in our in our favorite, <laughs> in our in our best main characters, best protagonists of all time uh, tournament back in March. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, for me, it was always I thought the you know I always thought he had a he's you know got one of the best costumes in comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, he always looks you know there's so much you can do with him, and he always looks cool. I think. Like it's a striking visual, mm-hmm. you know. I think because he's not. It's he's designed by Kirby, right? That's the costume that he designed. No, Kirby did the one that looks like the the swashbuckler, Captain Spider. Yeah, there's yeah. there's no existing actual pieces of art of Kirby's Spider-Man. Everyone like the he did a take on it. He did a mm-hmm. pass on it, and then I think if you see anything, it's people trying to recreate either what they remembered or what they heard. Mm. Okay. Uh, if you do see art of it, which there are some pieces out, you'll see people do interpretations of it. But like the the costume we got was Ditko. Like that okay. is a Ditko design. Um, it was just it was one of those things where like the bullpen, you know, had multiple people at the time, and mm-hmm. and there is debate of whether it was Stan Lee or Kirby who first had the idea of let's do a character called Spider Man. Right. So Jack Kirby says he was the one, and Stan Lee says he was the one. So it is one of those he said, he said things. I saw uh, Mark Avanier, who was a friend of Jack Kirby's for a long, long time, mm-hmm. says he believes Jack Kirby because uh, Stan Lee once told him <laughs> that, that Stan Lee couldn't remember if, if that's what it was or not, if, uh-huh. if Jack Kirby ever did that or not. So he believed him. But <laughs> then uh, after that passed through Jack Kirby, it did go to, to Ditko. And that's when it got weirder well yeah i think for sure and what what stuck mm-hmm. but I, like i would say the visually you know but then once you get past the visual there's also the fact that there's you know it's a great you know peter parker is a great mm-hmm. character um you know that we hadn't really seen we either had at that point you either had like the adult superhero or the sidekick and there really right. was no nothing that bridged the two other than say mm-hmm. captain marvel like shazam but even then, right, it's not right. really quite the same thing, because while we had, you know, young Billy Batson say a magic word and change into an adult, you know, this was um, a fairly relatable story in the idea that lots of kids, I think, around that time and even before had to assume a much bigger role in their family just to keep them afloat. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's one thing about Peter Parker that that doesn't, I mean, it, when you the people talk about it, but I don't think they talk about it enough, the idea that. He had to grow up pretty much on the fly, no no pun intended. Right. You know, and had to assume that role after Uncle Ben died, spoiler. Um <laughs> and, and and basically be the breadwinner and then be an adult, even though he's really like what, sixteen when he first puts on the costume? Yeah, something like that. You know, he's not much older than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's again, that's something that normally it would be, you know, it'd be, you know, um, I don't know, he would be like you know, Spider-Man would be an adult and then Peter would be the sidekick. Well, in this case, no, he's, he's, you know, he puts on that mask, he makes a transformation and he's, he's the, 
Spider-Man. Right. Know? That's the thing. So right. it'd be like Jimmy Olsen being Superman. <laughs> basically. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Right. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure that story's out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Along with, you know, him being a turtle boy and, right. and a porcupine lad. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I don't, I, know, I can't go back. I, I've never seen a story that said, you know, anything, any article or any story that said that, you know, the idea of, of putting on this Spider-Man mask or putting on a spider totem. I mean, granted, we get a Spider-Man, a spider totem story with Straczynski later on, but it's not what I mean here. What I mean here is <laughs> the idea, the transformation, like traditionally of, you know, you put on a mask of an animal and therefore you take on its traits or you, therefore you take, you know, you have a complete transformation of who you are. You know, Peter Parker's a wallflower, right? You know, at, at, at mm. Midtown High, he's the kid that, you know, that's off in the shadows. It's very apparent from the first page of right. Amazing Fantasy. Puny Parker. You know, Puny Parker. Nobody wants to spend time with that dude. Um, and then he, you know, he puts on a Spider-Man mask and, and a costume and suddenly, you know, his bully wants to be him wants to be his best, you know, wants to be Spider-Man's best friend, pretends that he is in some cases, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, talks him up like he's the greatest thing in the world. And that, that transformation is not something we always got, you know, in, in comics. It's not like, it's not like Bruce Wayne puts on his Batman mask and costume and cape and cowl. And all of a sudden, you know, his life gets better. <laughs> if anything, right. he could have left it off and, and things would have gotten, you know, things would have been much better for Bruce Wayne. If he'd not put on that costume, he's, it would have been a less world of hurt, but with Peter, it's much more of a, you know, He's carefree. I think I think one of the best places they, they illustrate that without telling it, you know, without hitting you over the head over it is, you know, when you're watching um Homecoming and Peter's just like getting through a school day and you he's getting anxious and he's watching the clock and he knows full well that when, you know, three o'clock comes, man, I'm gonna put on that Spider Man costume and I'm gonna go do my thing and it's gonna be awesome. Right. Right. And yeah. I think that's the, you know, I think that's one of the best like outside of the comics, we get that moment of like, nope, you know, this is where I'm free is putting on this costume. And then the other thing is he goes from being a wallflower to being, you know, you know, a, 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 a you know a devil may care wisecracking hero, which he isn't that way normally in his own his his everyday life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think the thing that always kind of struck me too when I was uh, in my trading card phases, um, <laughs> yeah, was when you look at a hero's origin. What always struck me, right, right, is every every origin like on the back of the card. Everybody, everybody's setup was sort of like like put in a sentence right it was like you know rocketed from the planet krypton you know yada 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 parents murdered in an alley in front of him you know Mm -hmm. and and what was always interesting is that spider-man always had like like two moments to his origin yeah whereas everybody always had like one distinctive point but it was but for spider-man it was like it was the spider bite that was part one right yeah right and then later on it was the as the opportunity to stop you know, the burglar doesn't and then mm. loses Uncle Ben because of that. Right. And yeah. that always kind of hit me. I don't know why, for some reason, like at a really young age, I was like it, the complexity of his origin just seemed, uh, I, I guess, so much more richer yeah. and grander than all the other characters for that reason. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there is that that kind of truthfulness or honesty just to the moment of he gets powers and becomes a jerk. Because if you're <laughs> right. 16 year, if you're a 16 year old boy and, and now you can, like you probably will, like that's you know people. Not everybody's good. Not everybody no. can yeah. can can be responsible with the power as it is. So I mean, there is like there is an earnestness to that that he just becomes a jerk um, yeah. because he can. He's mm. he's been picked on, so he turns around and does it to others until 
he realizes that's you know nothing good comes of that right right and that that's that is something that not a lot of the other characters have that kind of flaw that kind of flaw at the beginning that they have to right. to then mm-hmm. overcome but it's a very you know it's a relatable flaw it's a very relatable mm-hmm. flaw i think well the other thing that i that i had pointed out or was mentioned early i can't remember where i saw it it's in a doc- i think it's in a documentary about marvel comics it might be one of the ones on disney plus one of the 616 um things but someone mentions the idea that you know marvel right before you know the hero renaissance of the fantastic four ushering in that age you know the silver age stuff is you know they're doing horror comics right and they're still trying to combine you know there's elements of the horror comic in um some of the early superhero stuff right and the idea being that most times a horror comic usually isn't it isn't or wasn't like um it wasn't serialized you weren't going to get it it wasn't like a continuing horror story it was a one and done right you know someone you know someone's get suddenly you know has a ghost in their house or there's a monster outside the door and they deal with it and that they don't see those characters ever again and the next time around it's a different character with different problems right dealing with a different kind of monster ghost or demon or whatever but in this case it this amazing fantasy 15 is done very much like a horror story where the character has their moment of whatever they're dealing with it gets done and resolved in the issue and they kind of get their comeuppance or their or their whatever within the same issue and it's one of those things where I, I, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it kind of is that element of a horror story or a one and done where basically Peter has that one moment of like, oh, I've got powers and my life is different. And then all of a sudden, now that I've done this, I've, you know, inadvertently gotten someone I love and who cared about me killed. Right. And then, you know, and then I've got it, you know, because again, Amazing Fantasy 50 ends with him hanging his head and walking and crying down the street. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not him swinging away triumphantly being like, I love being Spider-Man, <laughs> you know. And again, was, until someone pointed that out to me, I was like, yeah, you're right. It does kind of end, you know, kind of like, oh, I, you know, I've got the ability to turn everything to gold and I'm going to be rich. And then, oh, no, I've, you know, turned everyone in my family to gold and my dog and everything. And then I'm all by myself, but I have all this gold. That's right. kind of like one of those, you know, learn your lesson stories yeah. that horror, horror comics did a lot of in, in that time. So, mm. And I mean, the, the book itself, Amazing Fantasy, that's that's what it was up until that. It was a horror or monster anthology book. Right. For the first, all the issues, including this one, if you count this, which you can. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Well, yeah, it was just one and done stories of monsters. And then there was this. And then there was Spider-Man. Mm. Right. And they never looked back, really. Right. <laughs> I, mean, they did, I mean, there's been other stories since then, but generally, you know, Spider-Man got his own, his own book. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have a couple of uh, uh, quick questions that we'll kind of just go to throughout the throughout the the episode. Um, Just, you know, Spider-Man related things don't really need to go into it, you know, too, too deep. It's just kind of like like personal preference stuff. So for my first one, I'll just toss out here uh, which Spider-Man costume other than the classic red and blue or the alien costume. Right. Okay, so you can't say either of those. Which okay. Spider-Man costume is your favorite? Ooh. So no original and no black suit. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a little easier to go least favorite. <laughs> is that a question for later? Yeah, yeah I think that works too. <laughs> I'm, this is going to be an obscure one, but in the, in, the, in the PlayStation game, the PlayStation 4 game, mm-hmm. um, you get like, I think like 30 or 40 different Spider-Man costumes. You can like play whatever you want. Right. There's one in that game where it's like he he's got 
it's almost like the Venom or the symbiote costume, but he has, it's, bl- it's all black. He's got red eyes and then a red spider instead of a white one. It's a really cool look and, I, and I've never seen it anywhere else. I don't know if it exists in a comic book or not, mm-hmm. but it's definitely from that. I think that's one of my favorite Spider-Man costumes. I'm like, they should use that. I'd love to see him <laughs> in that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It, just, it looks awesome, but that's that's what right. I would choose. I know it's obscure, and I'll have to find a screenshot of it. But that's yeah. what I would choose. the The main costume in that one's not bad. No, no, not with the, the white with, spider. Yeah, I like that one too. That one looks pretty good. I feel like that one was kind of just like our normal Spider Man suit, but with the Venom spider, with the black suit spider <laughs> right. on top of the normal Spider Man suit, and it works. It doesn't look yeah. bad. No, I think it looks cool. I'm good with that one too. But yeah, there's a gate. Like I said, the one that I really like is I'm like, oh, that's a cool costume. I'm hoping they're going to at some point, because they've made some of those from the game into figures, and I'm hoping they do with that one as well. Okay. I'm a sucker for the Bagman. Yeah. That, when that Spider was... didn't have his costume and had to borrow a suit from Johnny, I assume, in Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, that was when they find out that the, the symbiote is, uh, um, is alive. Right. Spoiler, spoiler, so, spoiler. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's when they get rid of it. Right. Or try then, to. Yeah, Reed traps it in a, in a cell, in a, in, a, in a tube. And then first, and then Peter's like trying to cover his face and he's just wearing his tidy whities <laughs> And they, they, Johnny's like, I've got just the thing. Don't, just stay right here. And then brings him the, the Fantastic Four costume with the, and gives him a bag and then. Right. The paper bag. And then that insult the injury. bag over his head. Right. And then the best part of that is the kick me sign on the back. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because that's the relationship they have is right. that he would do that to yep. him. So, yep. yeah. Great stuff. And Johnny's a dick. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. And that is a Marvel Legends figure coming soon, right? Yes. It's on its yeah. way. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. We will get that finally. Finally. And it has, it has the kick me as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Can't wait. So, Tommy, what's yours? Oh, it'd be probably, oh, I have three that I like a lot. Um, It'd be Future Foundation. Yeah, that's um, a good one too. Would be top. Then it's the green one. I think it's the Velocity suit. Mm-hmm. Is it the? the For some well, I reason re- I can't recall that one. Is it the Big Time? Yeah, my fault. Big Time. I get confused. It's Big Time Spider Man where it's like green. It's yeah. black and green with um. Well, basically, it's those are the two prominent colors. But I like the neon green. It really stands out as opposed to what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And then I I like last but not least is the um, Miles Morales suit. That's um, good too. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost an amalgamation of um the alien suit and the original suit, but just different as far as colors go, it's the same. Yeah. But those would be the those in that order, those are the ones I like past yeah. the um the black and original suit. Yeah, go in spider adjacent suits. Miles is fantastic. That is a great design. And also yeah. Gwen. Spider Gwen is a fantastic mm-hmm. costume. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mine is um sixteen oh two. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Tommy, I'm with you. Um, th- th- there's a Miles Morales. Co- I guess it's from the movie. I can't remember. Uh, Maybe from across the Spider-Verse. The one where he's got the basketball shorts on. Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I really, really like that costume. That that idea. The shorts with, with like the hoodie and stuff. With mm-hmm. the spray painted spider on the chest. Yeah, yeah. I really like that a lot. I think that's an awesome design. Um. And I also like the red and black from Far From Home. I think that's really, really great. Yeah, yeah too. that does look good too. Yeah. So. So I mean, so let me ask you guys this question then. Also, how important is the fact that he's a high schooler to 
to the concept to you guys? Like, isn't the like he has to stay in high school? To me, that's kind of like the magic. Uh, um, that's like the 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 secret sauce to the recipe. I think initially of like what made him stand out is the fact that he's a high schooler, and I think uh, the fact that the, that that the, I mean, just the fact that I think that the the concept seems to marry so well with the like Degrassi teen drama stuff <laughs> is such a such a like um I don't want to say important part to the character because the character can survive without it. I think right he certainly can work and thrive outside of high school. But I'm curious what you guys think. I disagree. Um okay. Only because to me is what drew me to the character. Um Mm-hmm. It wasn't of his responsibility towards his family and his duty and honor of his of his commitment. It was the fact that he left all his problems behind and was able to tackle a foe despite the time and make light of it. He made superheroing fun with the quips, no matter what came across. He was always that person. It was rare when he made it personal to the point that whenever mm-hmm. it was a story involving him making it personal or vengeful, or even um, serious. It felt weird. Like it wasn't Spider-Man. You know, it felt, you know, even like mm. Superman doesn't make light of his uh, villains to the point that they make mistakes. Like most of Spider-Man's foes are smarter than him. Like, gen- like I'm not talking science, well, scientific too, but these are all grown ass men with their problems and their situations in which this high schooler takes them out of their uh, their agenda by basically ridiculing them. You know, mm-hmm. and he did it with such flair and such grace that he made it seem fun. Um, I don't mm-hmm. if long as you keep that aspect of it, it doesn't matter how old he is, because after a while, uh, it, it sort of bears down. I can't imagine any other superhero in which you keep him at year one or year three. It almost. Um, it doesn't grow depth towards the character. I mean, I don't see. Mm-hmm. For me, forever is a forever is an imaginal concept, and it's to the point that if you keep it forever, it it, it becomes trite. And mm-hmm. by keeping them in high school, it's trite. It's it's like you you then paint the picture of what if he had kids, or what if he was married, or mm-hmm. what if he you know it 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 then it then forces you to see it in a different aspect. To me, I I enjoy the fact that Superman's uh, juggling a family. I enjoy the fact that mm-hmm. Batman really has got a family despite how many um people you have him growing up around him like can you imagine i mean no one's calling for a dick to be robin you know so why can't we why can't we get a grown spider-man i mean if you want to get the stories you can Mm. say there's always untold tales of high school spider-man and you know you can retcon or throw in whatever you want to throw in but to imagine him not learning from his mistakes or or getting his life in a different stage because people change throughout their life. And I would love to see what kind of man it makes him become. But if you want to hang on to his glory days, you know, more Superboy um, comics, you know, year one, Batman, whatever uh, the, the case goes on and on. But to see him not regress past college is insane. In my opinion, it's just insane. I think I think you make a, an, an excellent point where like you're saying you're saying that that high school 
moving out of high school as a passage of time, as an illustration of a passage of time, as which then, i.e., is is the evolution of the character, him him learning and evolving and moving on to different things, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can you imagine? I mean, think of all the people that peaked at high school. Do you want mm-hmm. Spider Man to be a in that crowd? Right. That anyway. That's just how I see it. I mean, my thing is, I like him in high school, and I like the high school years, and I think the high school stuff is important. But I also feel like he's not Archie Andrews. You know, I don't, I don't need, okay. I don't need, I don't need sixty years of high school stories. You know, for Spider Man, I, mm. I, I, I agree with Tommy. The idea that no, that, I mean, Spider Man should be able to evolve and grow up, and you know, it's not like life gets any simpler when you're out of high school. You just happen to be in the same situation, right. you know, you just happen to be, you know, your cast expands, right? Or it changes or, yeah, you know, characters come and go more when you're, when you're not in high school, you don't see a lot of the same people every day because you don't have to, um, you're not, you're not confined to the same room with those people all the time. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, don't be wrong. I think, I think it's fine that we want to, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not of a mind also like with the MCU stuff. I'm glad that they've made it, they've made a choice to be like, no, no, we're going to keep them for, you know, as long as we can in this sort of high school groove i think they should there's a lot of stories to be told in that you know in that scenery and in that arena but i also think eventually it's okay to let him grow up and be other things so mm. what do you think clifton yeah i mean i think it's i think it's you can't separate it from the character i think it's important to the foundation of the character that he has those years and it's it's there's a reason people go back to them or insist on showing them and i mean my introduction as young as I was, like looking at Spider Man as amazing friends, he was in high school in that. I think they were college. I think he and his his roommates' friends, uh, Iceman and Firestar, were in college at the time. Mm-hmm. But it still had that that young feel of you know these aren't adults. They're still kind of figuring stuff out. They're they're a little closer than high school to being on their mm-hmm. own. But you know, Aunt May and Miss Lion are still there taking care of them. So, I mean, that was always part of it to me. And, and I do see that, but yeah, I mean, characters in the comics and, and a lot of them like do, you know, there is growth, there is education, there is advancement. So, I mean, we can get that too. Most of the stories I think I like the most are from some of his earlier days, um, college days, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. All right, another quick question then. Uh, another costume-related quick question. Armpit webs, yes or no? <laughs> An emphatic yes. Emphatic uh, yes, okay. No. no, he doesn't fly. He's not a gargoyle. Okay. No. He's not a flying spider? No, he's not a flying spider. <laughs> or a squirrel, for that matter. I hear you. He's not right. a squirrel. He's not a squirrel, okay. I like them sometimes. I like them. Sometimes. I'm all for them. Uh, I say, I guess maybe this is what you mean. Also, Clifton is, uh, for me, it's like, depends on the artist, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Some artists make it really, really cool. And some, and some draw them way too big where, where it does look <laughs> Tommy, like you're saying, like flying squirrelish. And I'm like, eh, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of weird looking. Kind of bulky. Yeah. I like the one, I like when artists show them as like being full wings under his arms and then, like, but if he goes pulls his arms forward, it's a thin line and you can't see them. Yeah, uh-huh. 
Yeah, I think that works really well. But not like, I agree with you. Not everyone does that well. So again, it, it does come off as like, oh my god, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of fabric. <laughs> right? Won't that get in the way? <laughs> yeah, I prefer web manipulation ah. over over the static wigs, just because he can put them okay. there if he wants. He doesn't want whatever. Yeah, uh, but but to have him uh, mainstay in his costume seems cumbersome by comparison. Why why swing if you can just glide through the air? You know, no. <laughs> why not give him why not give him a cape too, right? No. Because different situations call for different things. That's why. No cape. <laughs> yeah. No no wings. No wings. <laughs> no wings. All right, fine. So I will I'll I'll ask you this then, and we'll use this as a jumping off point. Who would you say is the linchpin of this supporting cast? Who's the MVP? Jonah. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> okay. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. Aunt May. Interesting choice. Interesting <laughs> choice. Hmm. Okay, why Jonah? I don't disagree. I don't disagree with any of these choices. I'm just curious. Because I find it also interesting that, uh, you know, when I think of Homecoming, like Homecoming's ability to sort of like get by without him, which really impressed me. Because I yeah. do think before that, I don't know that I would say he's the MVP, but I would say that that, like you can't really do a Spider-Man story without him, right? <laughs> right? No, no. But I say he's the MVP only because of his voice. He's kind of sort of mm. the. He's kind of sort of not and the audience at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. he's a villain, but not. He's just the person that really doesn't understand Peter, and to me, it invokes Peter to be more than what he says he is. If that makes any sense, it's like. Something mm-hmm. it's it's an untold it's an unparalleled voice that drives Peter without directly talking to him, if that makes sense. Like, um mm. I think he's pivotal not, not so much in homecoming, but in um No Way Home, mm-hmm. in which it it's he's that win that he doesn't need. I mean that that he thinks you think he doesn't need it, but it's the win that he mm-hmm. pushes against to make him better, if that makes sense. You know? Like the naysayers, right. the people that say you can't do it. it. Don't tell me I can't do what I can do. You know what I'm saying? That's what I feel from Jonah. Mm-hmm. And Jonah's there stronger than I would say the positivity from Aunt May and um, MJ. Because mm-hmm. even though they're foundational to him, it's like, shut up, Jonah. I got to get this done. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, why, that's why I think Jonah's strong in that regard. Frank. Anything then? Uh, I think for for me, it's. I mean, he's not. His first appearance is in Amazing One, so he's not in the the, the origin, so he's not in there. Um, mm. but he's almost. I agree with Tom. He's like almost like an antagonist that you know. At first, is just a naysayer or just a you know, you know, look at Spider Man is a is a glory hound and all that stuff, and you know he's taken away from my son who's a real hero and astronaut. Um, you know, that's the basis of like, that's the basis of how it goes in number in issue one. And then it, it continues on where, you know, after a while he's, he's kind of, you know, funding, <laughs> he goes on to fund like the scorpion and the spider slayers and all this other stuff that he wants to, you know, take on Spider-Man. Um, you know, I was trying to think about it in some of the early books. I think the only other character that's kind of like that, that is an antagonist that isn't, you know, like a full on like supervillain is like Thunderbolt Ross for the Hulk. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like this outside threat that's always hounding him or always giving him, you know, always running him down or always saying how awful he is. But, you know, in, in, in with Jonah, it's it's one of those things where, like Tommy said, it's misunderstood. He just doesn't get it. You know, he doesn't trust somebody who puts on a mask, you know, and we've seen in, in retcon stories or other, you know, um, that Jonah's been around since like the days of, you know, Captain America, at least at one point. I don't know if it's still his deal. <laughs> You know, with where we are now in 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 the timeline, that he still you know was was a cub reporter. You know, he was like a Jimmy Olsen in the 1940s. You know, but and he just didn't trust people in masks. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Joan. I mean, you know, you know, I like I like Aunt May, Aunt May, however you want to say it. I think she's important, but I think of for the longest time she was either too frail to really have a personality. Like I think Aunt May being a, a thought of as a person is, is definitely as she's been de-aged has been more of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, she's much closer to Peter's age as opposed to being like, you know, Peter's 16 and she's like 50, right. you know, that was, uh, <laughs> you know, that was her. I think it's that 50 is different now. I think is <laughs> that might be too. I think 50 that in might, the 60s was much older than, than Marissa Tomei at 50. Now things have, it's possible. Modern medicine and, and all that. It's a different I mean, time. granted that, you know, that. And Pilates. Well, sure. But I mean, the other thing to consider, I guess, is that, that, you know, when you look at that Aunt May at that time, that 50 would have lived through the Great Depression and World War II. Right. <laughs> so that yeah. Aunt May saw some things, yeah. right? I mean, as I don't, not, not, not that mm. Marissa Tomei or, or even like the one, the, uh, I'm thinking like uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the animated. You know, yeah. yes, yes, she's older, but she's not, or the one, even the one we got in Ultimate, they're older, but they're not like so far removed from Peter that they, that, and I think for a long time, she was just that character that just was kind of almost like a plot device. She really wasn't a character for a while. Hmm. You know, she was kind of like, well, got, you know, I need a blood transfusion, Peter, or I'm yeah. going to die. Or, you know, or I got a blood transfusion yeah. from you, Peter, and now I'm radioactive and I'm going <laughs> to die. You know, that kind of thing. And that was the right. plot, you know, she was a plot device, but. Yeah, I think Jonah just. Okay. I think Jonah just makes him, you know, gives him a foil. Like you know, there's so many times where he's webbed Jonah's mouth shut or left him, you know, strung up. Right. You know, in his in his office. You know, I just think you get more mileage out of Jonah. Jonah appears also to. I mean, he's he, he's an engine for stressors yeah. in both Peter and Spider Man's life, really. I mean, yeah, and, and there is there is kind of a double whammy you get you get for him in that way. But but OK, so Clifton, you said Aunt May. So what's your rebuttal? Right. My only rebuttal is that uh, I mean, it, J. Jonah Jameson is great. And when they said I'm like, yeah, it's probably J. Jonah Jameson. And then I just wanted to say somebody different. <laughs> so I said Aunt May. But right. what I will say for Aunt May is that in uh, when great with great power comes great responsibility. Anme is is the incarnation of that responsibility. Yeah. Like she is what keeps mm-hmm. Spider-Man grounded. She is what he is doing it for. Really. Mm-hmm. He failed with Ben, so he has to redeem it for Aunt May. So she's always like she is that constant force of responsibility that's always with him. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's just kind of how I see her being such an important part of of the Spider-Man journey, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're if we're talking if we're talking Aunt May moments, I think one of the best Aunt May moments is the one with um, it's in uh, Spider Man Two, the Tobey Maguire one. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. where it's you know where she he's he goes to see her after he's lost his powers and she basically gives him the speech about you know people you know people flock to see heroes to me that's one of my i mean that aunt may i'm like yep absolutely i agree right. with you clifton right there that aunt may is what you know what aunt may should always have been yeah. for him you right. know because i love that speech i think that's that speech is a, is a fantastic speech and, and I can't remember the actress's name, but she gives a, a you know, she's great as Aunt May mm-hmm. and she's also great in that moment. So that Aunt May, absolutely. She would, she would win. She would, <laughs> she would be the one that I would, I would <laughs> definitely give it to if not for, you know, already choosing Jonah, you know? Okay. But. So I'll tell you guys mine and then you guys can rip it apart. All right, go. I say, I say MJ and, or whoever the love interest is for that story. <laughs> right. So Gwen, which whoever you're going to go with, right? I, my, my preference is MJ, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm team MJ. And so for me, there is a, kind of a subtext with all Spider-Man stories. I think that is on some level, a little bit of pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. right? We're like, like, I just kind of need to fix this problem that's in front of me and then my life will get better. Right. And then kind of his curse is that, you know, he's perpetually having these new problems thrown in front of him, right? As is, you know, the journey of life, really. I think this is, I think this is what makes Spider-Man so appealing to everybody, right? Is this, is this dynamic? I think though, I would argue that in all of those instances, right? The love interest character is sort of the embodiment of like that happiness, Mm. right? I'm going to, I'm going to get the girl that I, that I like to like me back. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm finally going to like, like ask out MJ or whatever. Right. Or I'm right. finally going to like defeat this problem. And MJ and I can kind of like finally have some time together. Right. Um, that's sort of my opinion of it. I, I think, I think the love interest is crucially important to Spider-Man in is most cases. Again, you can argue, you can argue in and out of all of these. Um, but is, is it so, though? You know, there you go. Hot potato. <laughs> Knock it down, guys. <laughs> is it, though? I don't know. Mm, okay. Okay. No, I, I mean, in some cases, I would say yes. I mean, you know, there's a time in the, in the you know, when, when it was Black Cat, where I'm like, eh, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if the love interest is, I mean, because that was a weird, you know, that was a weird situation where she was more attracted to him in the costume than out of it. You know, she didn't want to see, you know, puny Parker's face. She's like, keep the mask on for everything, please. Right. Um, that was her, that was her, <laughs> that was her thing. She was like into that. Um, no, I mean, I, I see what you're, I get what you're saying. I, I think, you know, more of the, I, I, I agree with you, the idea of like, if I could just get this thing settled, you know, but it's also like, you know, that's the thing. Peter wins the day and then day's over. And then it's like, there's rent and, you know, <laughs> Aunt May's sick and, and, you know, my costume stinks for of, of the Hudson River because I fought, you know, Electro over it and I fell in the river and now, you know, or I get sick and I have to fight Sandman, you know. Mm. I, I think a lot of his struggle is is from the everyday that also on top of it he has to put on a costume and fight bad guys. Right. But I don't know about the love interest part. That's that's that one's like I get it. I but I would say again, if you're confining it to the high school stuff, yeah. But as a mm. grown man, no. And yeah. to me, it's if Peter, if you have, if you give me a Peter who believes that she's going to love you because you do this, it's never going to work. It's, it's always going to be cursed because he does, because he still doesn't get it. 
The thing that makes MJ stay is because she gets it. And she and to me, I love the fact that she doesn't tell him that she knows who he is. Right. Because then she understands him as a person and she's not going anywhere. Right. And that's a true state. It's almost like Lois Lane in which it embodies more of the love, not less. Mm. And if he believes that he has to do something to keep her, he can't keep her. And that's why he believes he's cursed because it's not the action. It's the person. So that's why I say the love interest is inconsequential. It's great that he gets it, but it can't be the reason why he does it Mm -hmm. or he's not a hero. That's what makes it beautiful, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you don't get it until he doesn't have it. Because even when he doesn't have it, he still has to be it. Mm -hmm. Hence why the death of Gwen Stacy resonates so strongly. He 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 can't mourn. This is the responsibility. You can't right. ch- you can't take the time out. You can't say peace out because then it then it gets worse. Right. You can't be about yourself even when it mm-hmm. when it means everything for you. And every time that's what I love about it. Every time he tries to make it about personal, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. That's what I like about it. It yeah, can't that's be about for sure. her. that blows it up can, in his face yeah. all the time. Yeah. But that's but that's almost <laughs> life. It can't be about that because mm-hmm. right. when you make it about that. You're selfish. Right. Some people mm. get away with it, but in all earnesty, you want the universal karma to be that way for people because then they're true to themselves. And you see that embodiment in Spider-Man. That's why it feels like a curse, but it's not a curse. It keeps him honest. Mm. That's why I say I disagree. Yeah, the constant choice of like, oh, I got to be selfless. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gonna be selfish now? You want the girl? Right. Dude, it's not about the girl. It's never about the girl. No. I mean, to me, it's like that. It's like that scene in Mask of the Phantasm where Bruce is at the at the gravestone after yes. he's met Andrea, yes. and he's like, mm-hmm. "I never yes. planned on being happy. I never yes. planned on being." That's that's Peter for me too. I, that's I see that Peter. In, yeah. Yeah. You know, anytime mm-hmm. he's he's like you know, I mean, again, he can have it. There's a balance. We've seen plenty of stories where he's had both. But, you know, there's also that moment of like, you know, when it's, it's like when MJ knew, it was constantly that moment of like, I know what you're about to do. I'm worried that you're going to go do it, but I know that you have to go do it. Yeah. And it's right. the sacrifice she makes knowing that he may not come back from it. Right. Yeah. That's what makes it beautiful. Because, yeah, she don't want him doing it. But at the same token, he's the only one that can do it. So you can't be, you got to be, you can't be selfish and keep him. Got to let him go. I had a moment thinking about Spider-Man and how like all the moments where he gets the crap kicked out of him in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Both literally and figuratively. Right? There's a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it It is funny to me. It, it just kind of occurred to me in thinking about it that like as readers, we're all kind of like masochists. We're like, we all kind of like, like <laughs> live for the moment. We're like, man, like, like Peter's going to get it this time. Right. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, like, like there's that moment where there's the weird, um, uh, uh, like, like we feel sorry for him, Mm -hmm. but there's that weird, like kind of pleasurable, like, Oh man, Peter, like really got it at the end of this one. Right. Because we know that that's just like, that's fuel for like the next story. Like, Mm -hmm. like, how are we, how, how you got us to come back for the next one. Right. Because whatever, whatever, whatever the, the, the zinger that got him at the end of, of the of that issue is you know what i mean 
Sure. <laughs> and it's just kind of funny to me. Yeah, the idea yeah. of like, again, it's the idea of he's going to, you know, whatever's going to knock him down, whether it be personal or, or super heroic, it, you know, eventually the, the thing about that dude is he gets up, right? Yeah. But I have a, I have a question mm-hmm. for Frank specifically. Oh, okay. What makes you hate Straczynski's run? Um, primarily I didn't like this. What I didn't like about that whole run was the idea of trying to take it away from, you know, he tried to tie the idea that because so many of the Spider-Man villains were animal based, that it was more totem based, you know, than it was, um, you know, just the, the atomic age stuff that he got bit by a radioactive spider. Um, you know, this is long before. I think we at this point we'd had. You know, we'd seen other Spider Man. I think I think we had like twenty ninety nine and some other stuff. But, um, and then the other thing is just um, the ending of it with with more Loon or more Loon. Um, that that it's kind of a, a situation where, if I remember correctly, his manservant like his Alfred kills him, and Peter's just like cool and lets the guy go. Ah, uh, okay, I get that. But I kind of like. He did me a solid. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was like, okay, that, okay. I understand that. The only thing I liked about his run was the idea that there's a. I, I know it sounds far fetched and yeah, it beat me up on this. I don't care. That a <laughs> spider god looked out for him. Because it, to me, it answers quite certain questions about the randomness of him. Mm-hmm. It almost gives me the Billy Batson feeling in a way. Right. But I wish it wasn't so ham fisted in. Right. Like I didn't have mm-hmm. to know um who that god was. Right. But it sort of explains why he got bit with the spider, mm-hmm. why he's cursed. Because mm-hmm. if you're talking about curses, that means that uh some deities putting bad juju on him, and you right. have to be good in order to do that. But right. to be mm-hmm. that faithful because Peter, I uh, let's be honest. Uh uh um Ultimate Universe Spider-Man is more accurate than not, and Peter should have died several times over. Uh, but for whatever reason, <laughs> right, he, he survives and he he's survives. lucky. Yes, right. yes, yes. So with that involvement, eh, somebody, it just gives me a warm fuzz that somebody's looking for Peter. You know sure. what I'm saying? It, it's, yeah. it doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. you know, Zeus on high. Oh, right. bad thing. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, no, you're, I, you're chosen. Yeah, my right. fault. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I don't mind. Here's the thing. I, I like that idea of it. I don't mind the idea of that, that, you know, somewhere a deity would think that guy should be my champion. That makes perfect sense with Peter Parker to mm-hmm. me. And oftentimes when we get like, say, a what if story or an alternate world story, we never, ever get to see what the good Peter Parker would have done if he had not been bitten by a radioactive spider. Yes, I think you'd be greater. Yes. Right. I mean, who knows what he could have gone on to do? We never get that story. It's always like, ah, it's hard luck, Peter Parker. You yes. know, it's or or he goes on like what like in House of M, he becomes like he goes on to continue to be a wrestling star, which yes, are all yes. which are all fine things, but we never ever get to see that no, Peter Parker would have, you know, had a trajectory. He would have, you know, his uncle or his aunt may have been killed by the burglar, or they may not have been, and he might have gone on to be, you know a scientific genius in whatever field he chose, but we don't ever get to see that story because it's always tainted by Spider-Man. And I say that as someone who loves Spider-Man, but yeah. you know, that's my thing is I, I, you know, I don't mind the idea of that either. It's, it's not a bad idea, but at the same time, I think I don't, you know, as we pointed out, even though he was, you know, he's bullied and he's knocked around and he's kind of like, you know, puny Parker, he had, you know, he had quote unquote parents who loved him. Right. 
you know, and, and, and it's only when he, like we talked about in Amazing Fantasy, where he gets the powers and then suddenly, you know, turns on a dime and it's like, I'm going to dish some of the stuff that I got out, you know, back to some other people. And then he wavers from being who he's supposed to be and then tragedy strikes, right? Yeah. But but right. I think if given, I think if we, if Peter, you know, again, that's a story I'd love someone to write is, you know, Peter doesn't get bitten and then, you know, still finds greatness and still helps and saves a lot of lives. I don't know if he would save the world and or the universe as, as Spider-Man does. Who does get bitten? Who gets bitten in that story? If it's not Peter, who gets bitten? Uh, hmm. Flash Thompson. Flash? We've seen that. This is a what, there's an early what if that has, what if, uh, I believe it's what if uh, John Jameson or Betty Brant or uh, good old Eugene Flash Thompson gets bit. Um, mm. Well, in that case, it would have been Silk, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cindy yeah. Moon. Oh, I love mm-hmm. Silk. Silk right? is awesome. <laughs> so Sorry. I think yeah. I think we, I think we would have in, in you know in that story that the and again you know I'm I'm as we're dish, as we're writing this story on the fly I, I think it would be Cindy Moon I think Silk would be would have been the one would have stepped up mm-hmm. and been the the spider you know because I can't remember what was do you remember which god it was Tommy? No, I had to look that up because okay. um, I read the finer points of it uh, because you're the one that brought it up to me I wasn't even thinking about it. I think I stopped reading. Um, Spider-Man at that point. Okay. I think, wasn't that post-Carnage Saga, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. The idea, the idea that is presented that Peter's kind of a chosen one Mm -hmm. in Straczynski's run, which I read kind of spotty, you Mm -hmm. know, I I never sat through, but that that was the thing that I found, like, most offensive about it to me. (laughs) Right. Was, was, it's like, I don't, I don't. There's there there's no shortage of chosen one characters and I love that stuff and I love I love when when my protagonist has that as as their story as their backstory whatever as part of their motivation but that's not why I come to Spider Man sure I don't come to Spider Man for chosen one stuff right you know what I mean yeah no, and, I- and and while while I think while I agree with you Tommy like it does make you know like when you're looking at it over over you know, then I guess 40 years of history of, of, of stories. Like it does make, I, I, I see, I see the temptation to want to play with it and ask right. those questions and sort of like kind of have an answer to like how he gets out of everything he gets out of. But it's still also like, like, I don't know. It just, like I said, I, I don't go to Spider-Man for that. I can see that. But at the yeah. same token, if you're that, if you're doing that thing for that long, you gotta have help. Mm. Yeah, sure, I can see that. And depending on who that help is giving you, is how long you do it for. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's how I say. And in, in this life or the next, you ain't alone. And I don't. And that that's why I suffer. It's not so much that um, he's doing the work for Peter. Peter still does the work. Peter's not is no less of a hero just because he gets help. That's how I see that. But it's it's the whole thing of. You couldn't have chose a better hero in Peter Parker, and that, right. and it, and that, and it. To me, it it seems like someone greater than all of us actually that, made a decision. Yeah, so, yeah. Saw so that greatness. It, yes, and right. it's and it's and to me, it, luck doesn't run on forever. I mean, and people do die. There, we have instances of great heroes mm. with a short tenure, and I re- to me, honestly, I'd rather see more of that to show how great the ones that do survive are great, but. To introduce that into the story and just make it a point of, yeah, because eh, we nudge you a bit because we get that with Madam Web. Uh, mm-hmm. We get that with, I mean, it's just, it's this, 
this Spider-Man story, if that makes sense. Um, mm. Another Spider-Man that might embody Pete might not have the that that chosen one thing, and he doesn't last as long. I'm fine with that, but it's just it just right. sh- shows you the legacy, not the greatness, just the legacy. Yeah, that's how I see it as. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine because it's not like he's protecting them from harm, but right. it's just you know just a nudge here, a right. nudge there. Right. Mm. I mean, I mean, my only thing is it gets a little, gets a little Moon Knight-ish <laughs> as in being like being a little bit, you know, the idea that, you know, he's the, the avatar or the, he's the chosen one or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But uh, for me, um, what's it called it? I always thought the Moon Knight aspect was him with a dickish guy or just a jerk. Like, yeah. But from what I got from um, MCU stuff, man, I don't want him in my corner. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. No, he sucks. Yes. <laughs> He's terrible. Yes. Yeah, terrible. No, no, Tremendously I I, awful. Yeah, I don't want to be the avatar of Gunchu. No. Yeah, oh my God, no. though. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Peter be wishing for death. Come, come, you know, <laughs> yeah. come college. Yeah, Mark, uh, Stephen, he, d- he does not look happy. No, never. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. He wouldn't be smiling anytime yeah. he's beating up a, a, a villain. But no, I just, I, I'm not saying that it makes, it, I'm just, I just thought the aspect of it, but I get I get what you're saying though. It's it's the chosen one has been moon uh, moved a lot, regardless of who it is, whether it's you know Skywalker or right. whomever. Yeah, it's it's kind of like yawn. I get it. <laughs> you um, Tommy, you brought up Ultimate Spider-Man, which which really mm-hmm. has not come up a lot. Um, and and I think it's an important book, and there's a lot about it that I like. I think, you know, I I think the book loses some steam you know, along the way for sure. But I mean, if you know, I've said it before, I think that book for a long, long time is really good. Um, but one of my favorite things about it is, um, they make the wrestling aspect of his origin actually kind of work. It's the one place I've seen it work. Right. And my hang up for it, and, and I won't, I won't spend a ton of time on it, but my hang up on it is that whole, like whoever can, can last three minutes with crusher Hogan bit that doesn't that's not a part of wrestling anymore no, it's not. <laughs> like that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah. right in yeah, modern pro wrestling right like yeah. like if they even do that stuff which they don't but if they did that guy's a plant yeah right oh, that guy's a wrestler stuff. in the audience that's a plant yeah right and probably was even in the 60s when they did that stuff right and everything and yeah. so that never works to me is the idea that like, that he's like, I'll do it. I'll, re- I'll wrestle him. And this guy's got spider powers. They're like, Holy crap. What is this guy doing? Right. What I like yeah. about ultimate Spider-Man is like, no, he becomes a pro wrestler for a little while yeah. and is like in the business, you know, and that's yeah. where he gets his costume. Right. It's like professionally made. Cause they're like, you need a better costume kid. And I actually like that. I thought that like somebody managed to like, like uh, make those two things work. Yeah. So I had to get that out or I was going to explode. Yeah, no. <laughs> as a pro wrestling yeah. fan. No, but like, to me, that aspect of it came from a wrestling fan and know how much it resonates with kids. You kidding me? It, it just made sense. I give Stan Lee credit for that aspect of it or Dick or whoever thought of it. But to, in, in that age, I guess you're right. It does feel a little carny ish. Yeah. And it would still resonate mm-hmm. for that era, I guess. But yeah, it definitely would be a plant. But to age it up and make it contemporary was genius in its own regard. Cause have you got have you ever used a needle and thread? 
<laughs> yeah. I, I can't yes. imagine. Yeah. Right. Right. yeah. Yeah. Sewing a Cosmo yeah. with needling thread? Oh yeah. my gosh! Forget about it. He'd still be he'd still be doing it now. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! That thing hurts. So lopsided. If I did it, so like, that uneven. design, yeah, yes. so crooked. Yeah, he must have aced Homek as well. That was my thought too. His Homek yeah. class was. He's like, nope, he, Mr. Parker, <laughs> you've got an A in this class as well. You know. Yeah. At that point, he probably taught the class. Have, no. you, ever, have you ever thought about fashion, Mr. Right. Parker? <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so um, another quick question. I got to get this out. Costume related again. Um, facial expressions with the mask? Yay or nay? I say yay because you wouldn't know what he's thinking. <laughs> if not, I know it's absurd to see him wink with the, with the costume and the expression that he gives off his face, but I needed to know what he's thinking. Unless, if not, he okay. looks dead-faced all the time, which is even weirder. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't really prefer it. I'm, you know, I, I you know, that's what word balloons were for. I, the only one that always worked for me was mm. the, 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 what the, the spider sense lines. I was fine with that. I preferred that to like him winking and stuff. You okay. like squinty eyed Spidey? No, <laughs> not really. No. Okay. I don't mind the surprised eyed Spider-Man. I don't mind that. Yes. Okay. And I thought it was interesting when they actually got the eyes to be able to iris in the uh, civil war. In the MCU version of the costume, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, to yeah. actually get some expression out of those eyes in that costume was—I uh, was impressed by that idea that they <laughs> yeah. came up with. I love it. I love the expressive mask. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm with Tommy. Like, like I, th- I think it adds like, like what's he thinking? Which mm-hmm. is interesting because in the books you have thought boxes at least. So, like, I don't really—I guess I don't need them in comics, but I like it. It adds a charm to it. But yeah, I think for the movies. It was really, really, really cool, even though I don't think they quite used it in that way to sort of be like, what no. is he thinking? It no. just sort of, it was no. just kind of neat to see it move, though. Yeah, but to me, it's, but to me, uh, Frank, just to make you turn a bit, it's mm. like, it's, it's fine with Iron Man, if that makes sense, because he's dead faced. Right. But with Peter, like what Zach says, it's a bit of charm. It's almost like with the masks on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Mm. They don't need it. You know, right. it, it, it <laughs> like, you know, it, it, but it's, it's a little nudge towards charming in a way or no, I what get, they're I trying mean, I, to do. I get it. I just feel like a lot of times it, it's, it makes him, you know, I think it adds to the, the creepiness factor of him not, you know, having an expression. Like I think just it being, yeah, you know, it, a lot yeah. frozen. And I, and I know, you know, yeah. and I think there's a lot of, you know, I, I think that's, that's okay. I'm fine with that. So, okay. All right, I have a few more questions, so we'll do like a quick lightning round. But first, if you like the show, you can check out all of our episodes on YouTube and let me know how it is dot com. Just please, however you find us, don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a review. And finally, if you want to suggest a topic, send it our way in the comments or on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. All right, so lightning round time. First question, best Spider-Man video game. Oh, the current one, no doubt. Yeah, PS4. Yeah, easily. Okay. Yeah. With uh, Web of Shadows to me being a strong second. Okay. I've only played parts of Web of Shadows. I enjoyed it, but I didn't play the whole thing. I can see that. Clifton? I'll say Marvel Capcom because it's the only one I've actually think I've played. Ooh. That's a good one, too. That's a great one. I've not played any of the others that I know of. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. He's great in that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I know all the moves on. No, that's a beautiful one. Yeah. 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 (laughs) All right, next. Um, 
I want to say maximum carnage, but I'm going to say separation anxiety because it was two player at the same time. Ooh. I can see that. That was good. So like, so like me and my buddies could play as Spider-Man and Venom and do in, and and Venom. like in a beat em up. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which was fun. Nice. A lot of fun. Um, high tech or low tech suit? What do we think? Low tech. Low tech. Okay. Low tech. Yeah. Low tech. I mean, he's like, he is a scientist, so he does have some elements himself that he could do. Mm-hmm. He invented the web shooters himself. So like in the and homing the- beacon himself. <clears throat> Right, and the the iris, the the mask, the eyes. He felt he came up with that as well. Right, the lens, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The lenses. So I mean, he's he's got some gadgets on his own. Yes, I'll make it unanimous. I say low tech, but I am shocked how much I enjoy high tech because I thought I would hate it. I <laughs> yeah. thought Only, I would hate it, but man, yeah, MCU right. has made me love it. Only fleeting. He's not. It's not him, but I like him when he pulls it out of his pocket when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, and uh, and a classic one quickly. Uh, invents the web shooters or organic web shooters? Invents. 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 Yeah, invents. <laughs> yeah. Hey, of you, course. Zach? Me too. Okay. I say invents, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, I can see why people go for organic. I do too. I can understand why. Why would that be the one attribute from spiders he doesn't get? <laughs> no, you're right. Right? No, you're right. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Because it shouldn't come out of his wrists. That's why. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> Spiders don't shoot out of their legs. Yeah. No. <gasps> no. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Venture Brothers had it right. So yes, that. they did. Brown recluse. God, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, there's there's actually like still a lot we haven't got to. So I'll say let's go ahead and let, let's make this part one and we'll do this again next week for Spider-Man 16th anniversary part two. And we'll cover some of the stuff we didn't get to, like the bad guys. And maybe we'll do a few more of the supporting cast and stuff like that. So uh, join us for that one. As always, we'll post links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Just please remember to like us and follow us on social media. And we will see you guys next week for part two. Bye bye.